We need more dogs. And welcome back to the latest and greatest episode of the Shaving Points Podcast. We are back. I got my voice back. Ready to roll. Ready to roll. My name is Jayton May. You can find me on Twitter at jmay56. Joined, as always, by my co-host, Quentin Crisco. How are we doing that, Quentin? Doing good, Jay. So for the last six weeks, I am up 10.8 units on the NFL. It is rolling. It is going good. I am excited. That is a record of 23 and 11 over that span. So I'm, I'm ready to rock. I'm loving it. Wow. Went a little bit better than breaking even with my two-unit bet, but yeah. I, the last I can... four weeks, you're up four units. Oh, there we go. Look at that. Starting to roll. I mean, on the season, you're down 6.2, but a lot of that is still that three-unit play on Cowboys money line. Yeah, I might do it again. The Eagles. <laughs> I might have to do it again. Which, hey, but... I was with you. I, I had a unit on it. I mean, I it was a good bet. So, yeah, I mean, you really, you're really not that, like, your number looks worse than you are. Like, you're 34 and 36, but you're down six units. Yeah, yeah it's brutal. Going into week 14, playoff picture starting to come alive. All the injuries and everything, the AFC is not the beast that we thought it was going to be. Looks like the favorites are going to come out of the NFC. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been weird. It's been just flat out weird. I mean, Baltimore looks awesome. Yeah. But, I mean, if, if I were to say name the best five teams in football, at least three of them are coming out of the NFC. Yeah, probably. I mean, so in the AFC, like, you could probably still put the Chiefs in there, even though, I mean, it's it's hard. Right yeah, they, yeah, Patrick Mahomes. Like, yeah, they still until have Pat he, Mahomes. Until he doesn't do it, he gets the benefit of the doubt. You have the Ravens and you have Cowboys, 49ers, Eagles. Yeah. Outside of that, the AFC, like, what are you looking at? You're looking at I mean, like, Trevor, Trevor Lawrence might be out. I mean, CJ Stroud and those Texans yeah. are dangerous. Miami, but I mean, I might put, my, I might put Miami. I might put Miami up there with like I don't know who I would kick out. So I mean, it's they're definitely I feel they're, like there has to be a top six. I think Miami belongs in there. Yeah, I could I could see that. And I mean, the Chiefs are only there because of Patrick Mahomes. So you could almost knock the Chiefs out for Miami if we're doing a, a real top five. But at the end of the day, chips chips on the table. Like it's hard to bet against Pat Mahomes. Absolutely is. Getting into Week 14 storylines. Trevor Lawrence maybe out for an extended amount of time. Maybe not. Maybe not. We'll see. It's spicy. I mean, nobody nobody seems to know what's going on there. Every Twitter professional trainer PT that I see out there looked at the Trevor Lawrence video and said that's not a high ankle sprain. So. I there's something weird there. Like it's an yeah. ankle sprain, but it's probably it sounds like it's not a high ankle sprain. It's just a normal ankle sprain, which is a completely different thing. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes played on an ankle sprain from week 15 on and won the Super Bowl. Well, his was high, wasn't it? Nah, it was just a regular. I uh, I thought his actually like his bone was broken. It was a high ankle sprain. Oh, maybe I don't know. I thought I thought it was just a regular sprain, but either way. I remember because I, I mean, made a big mess about Patrick Mahomes is going to win a Super Bowl on a broken leg. Yeah, I mean, that was definitely the storyline. <laughs> <laughs> it will always be the storyline. College football playoffs is announced. Wait, so when does the college... I saw that you, you sent college football playoff picks. When does it start? The bowl games start on, I think, the 16th. So we got a little bit before then. But college football playoff, did they get it right? 
I mean, I think so. The only reason why I say they didn't get it right, because if you're talking four best teams, Georgia should have been in. Georgia was one of the four best teams. So if you're going to make the precedent over the four best teams, then Georgia should have been in. If you're just going to say, oh, well, we didn't, we thought Bama looked better than Florida State, then Georgia also looked better than Florida State, but you put Florida State at five and Georgia at six. Um, so at what that about point, the four best conference champs? I, I guess, technically. Like, but, that's the way I look at it. It's the four best conference champs. Yeah. But, I mean, that doesn't line up historically because, I mean, they've put in second they, – they've put in runner-ups before. I mean, they put in two SEC teams last well, year. Well, they did we it wrong before. Two. They're fixing it. I applaud yeah. them for fixing it. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Doing truly four best teams. Then I don't know who gets left out between Washington and Texas, but Georgia should have been in. And if you're not doing four best teams and you're just saying – Florida State doesn't deserve to be in because they lost their quarterback. Then I don't know. Uh, it's the whole Georgia Alabama situation is weird because, I mean, I think you played that game ten times. I, I think Georgia comes out on top more often than not. But I don't know. You and I were both on Bama. Yeah, to cover. <laughs> and hey, I had that money line. I had that money line like five different ways in part. <laughs> I, I had a nice Saturday. But um, no, it should but, be it should be a great matchup. But week really, fourteen, I think Texas would be the odd guy out if you were saying Georgia needs, to be. which is crazy. Because I, I do not I, think you could keep Washington out. I think Washington is filled. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, honestly, I think Michigan is the worst team out of the whole four, and they're they're ranked one. So might be, but you're not going to leave Michigan out. Uh, all right, so week fourteen NFL. We made Start it. Start it up. Patriot Steelers. Do you have this game? No, it's gross. Well, I got oh. I put every game on our board here just so we could just say how okay. gross they are and move on. Okay. So it's a gross game. Uh I don't uh we getting Bailey Zappy for the Patriots and Yep True God. Yeah, so gross. Uh I will it, it will be a background noise for me probably if if even that gotta catch us cuts up on some other stuff tomorrow so it's a good chance i don't watch this yeah i mean i'm i'm honestly hoping we see malik cunningham just because i've got him on my my uh my dynasty league team yeah. sitting on the bench just in case he somehow miraculously becomes a thing and i, I just want to see malik cunningham play some football that, that's what yeah. i want to see in this game really so the spread here was five and a half steelers favorite that's what it was yesterday total that's all six before we started yeah so yeah, up to six now. I mean, you could take the Steelers. I don't know. You could. I would take, take the, the Patriots. I don't, I don't think I'd take the over. Yeah. Th- so that's. I have heard logic around it. Like when an under is thirty, you, Vegas is telling you there's not going to be more than thirty points scored in this game. No. The pay six is a big line. The the smart money probably is Patriots here, but yeah. it's disgusting. I want nothing to do with it. Stan. Yeah. Uh, we can move on from that one. Texans, Jets, kind of gross, but CJ Stroud is electric. So, I mean, he's, I mean, he's must must watch TV right now. So, yeah, I mean, this the spread opened up at six and a half. We were talking a little bit about a free show that we think it has to do with Zach Wilson being announced as starter. Like that's the only thing that comes to mind as to why it would jump from 
the Texans being six and a half point favorites to only three and a half point favorites. I'm not sure Zach Wilson's worth three points. I don't I don't think so either. But I do have the Texans this game minus three and a half. Um Will Anderson Jr. kind of had his breakout moment last week. Derek Singley starting to play at the level of cornerback that they drafted him at. Uh the whole defense under D'Amico Ryans has just come alive. And CJ Stroud is looking like a top five quarterback right now in his rookie season. Uh looking like arguably one of the best quarterbacks in the league. So I like Texans to keep it rolling here. I like Texans minus three and a half. The Texans might be the best coaching staff in football. Bobby Slowick, his dad was a defensive coordinator in the league for years. His brother is a linebackers coach with the Dolphins. Football is in his blood. He's the offensive coordinator there. He is a defensive guy historically. Like he, he started in the NFL as a defensive analyst and then moved up as a defensive assistant then became an offensive analyst. He's he's the only guy left who was on that uh, that Shanahan coaching staff in Washington that hasn't become a head coach. He so actually took a few years off and went to work for PFF. PFF Brad says this guy's a genius uh, yeah. when I talk to him. like So there's a lot to like in the Texans coach staff. Monty Kiffin's son is on their defensive coaching staff. Like, there are bloodlines through this whole coaching staff. I love this Texans team. C.J. Stroud is outstanding. I'm with you. Texans minus three and a half. It's an easy bet to me. I mean, I, Zach Wilson doesn't want to play for the Jets. I'm sure the no. rest of the team's going to be inspired by that. You oh, know, yeah. like. Yeah, it's just. Jets are in a terrible spot, so. Yeah. Next up here, we got the. Sean McVay led Los Angeles Rams going to Baltimore to take on the Ravens coming off a bye week. The Ravens, seven and a half point favorites here, total 40 and a half. You got anything on this, Jay? Yeah, I'm taking Ravens minus seven here. Uh, Ravens coming off a bye, Harbaugh coming off a bye. Ravens look like one of the best teams in football. Um, Rams have been kind of up and down all season. They look good last week, so I expect them to be down this week just off that logic alone. Um, and Raven, I mean, this this AFC is the Ravens to lose at this point almost. So, I like the Ravens to come out hot, uh, I like them to come out strong, and I like them to cover this number. I have them at minus seven, but yeah, I like the Ravens, I, I like Lamar. I mean, the MVP race is kind of up for grabs, and I think, I think the Ravens know that it would. I mean, I think they want to go get Lamar that MVP if possible, and he hasn't really had a break. Purdy's a lock. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't. I don't think Lamar hasn't had that breakout game in a while. I mean, the Ravens have been kind of rolling, but I mean, Lamar's been pretty, pretty mild, mid, but like not in a bad way. I mean, he just they just haven't had to rely on him for anything and I could see them just busting it open here late in the season going on putting up big numbers on the board and that's gonna start with Lamar so yeah I like this Ravens minus seven here so my initial thoughts on this game Ravens at home coming off the bye they should handle the Rams but when I saw it at seven and a half my brain said McVay's a good coach this is a really good coaching staff in LA they get a lot out of their players. Like the, I don't think there's a staff that does more with less in the NFL than the than the Rams. So I saw seven and a half, and I said, you know what, I'm staying away. But at seven, I like it. So I just yeah. you said that move to seven. I just opened up my FanDuel account, 
saw seven, took it, boom. I- I'm with you. I like it. I like it. Next up here, we got Panthers marching into New Orleans to take on the Saints. Another gross one. You got anything here? No, I don't have anything here. Uh, Saints kind of sometimes show like they have life, and then they don't have life, and then they have they're, life again, the and they don't have life. Um, I don't, I don't know what they're doing. Uh, Derek Carr had one of the most hilarious like injury reports ever. They just basically said he's broken, um, and they can't throw the ball whenever they have Taysom Hill in, and they refuse to let Jameis sling it. So I don't, I don't know what they do here, but I mean the Panthers are are so so bad. So I mean Bryce Young doesn't look good. Uh, I mean they're just in such disarray that like what's the what's the spread on this game? Five and a half. Saints Five and a half. Total at thirty-seven so, and a half. So that's that's even a gross number at that. Like I, I'm saying far away, far far away from this. I mean I know as a Bears fan, I mean just just hope for Saints money line and move on. Oh, yeah. Always hoping for whoever's playing the Panthers to win this season. Yeah. But 37 and a half, man, that's low. Like, and I don't think it's going to go over. I, I'm not going to sit here and say I think it's going to go under either. Like, I just don't like the, the spot. But, like, you're looking at a lot of low totals this week because it's a really bad weather week. There's going to be a lot of snow, a lot of cold throughout this all is these, the dome. a lot of these outdoor stadiums. And that's what I'm getting at. This one's indoors and it's that low. Like, that's, I don't know. That feels weird. Uh, yeah. So maybe I kind of like the over, but I don't. I don't yeah. trust either of these teams to score over like 21 points either side. Like the Panthers, I don't even know if I score. trust them to score 14. Um, so that's tough. I'm, I'll, I'll lean the Saints. The Panthers almost pulled it off last week. I think they're going to be hungry still. New interim head coach, new message in the building, only one loss under his belt. I do think there's some hunger there. So, like, that's why it's just a lean to the Saints. Not, I'm not taking them. Um, yeah. Just don't like anything about this game. Yeah, I agree. Next up here, we got the Indianapolis Co- Colts going to one of those bad weather outdoor stadiums in Cincinnati. Another gross game. No Joe Burrow. No Anthony Richardson. You like anything here? Yeah, I actually like the Bengals here, plus one at home, uh, basically Bengals' money line. I mean, they look like they had some juice under Jake Browning. I mean, offensive line looked like it was playing well. Um, They were running the ball well um, against the Jaguars. I mean, Jamar Chase, I mean, just get that man the ball and he'll do something with it. T. Higgins looked good. I mean, everything about this Bengals team, I mean, they made it simple for Jake Browning. I I assume they're going to keep it simple for him play good defense uh and this this Minshew mania I, I just don't i don't see it lasting i mean we've seen Gardner Minshew do this before but i mean he's one of those guys that he can come in and win you three four five games but he i mean he's not the guy you really want leading a franchise and that's why he's going to be one of the best career backups in the history of the league i think i mean i think he's going to have a legendary career as a backup but I mean, this Colts team is, I mean, they're one of those teams that uh, they just keep getting away with it. I mean, they just keep finding ways to win games. And the way that that Bengals team played against the Jaguars, the way Jake Browning played, uh, the way that defense played, that offensive line, that running game, everything about it. I I like the Bengals to roll here. I I like Bengals money line or Bengals plus one. Um, Yeah, man. I I I think they got some juice. I think they got some juice there. 
Yeah, I look at this and it's tough because I see I see two backup quarterbacks and it's like backup quarterbacks rarely win two games in a row. But one of them has to. Yeah. <laughs> so it's I, I'm staying away just because I, I I actually wrote down here I'm leaning to Indy. But the Colts secondary is also one of the worst in the NFL outside of Kenny Moore. Kenny Moore is really good. But outside of that, they're not good. And the Bengals are not a team you want to have a bad secondary against. Like yeah. those wide receivers can win games for them alone. So yeah. ultimately, I decided to stay away. I respect the Bengals one choice. I mean, I honestly think money line, Bengals money line is probably a solid bet this week. Like you're talking about a dome team going out in the snow. Yeah. Especially like on top of the factor of the secondary and against Jamar Chase and T Higgins and uh, third guy, what's his name? Um, Tyler Boyd. That's one. Tyler Boyd. Um, so I, I, I think that's a quality bet. I actually, I might sprinkle that money line in a parlay or something like that, but uh, ultimately for official picks, I'm staying away. All right. Next one here, Tampa Bay Buccaneers going to Hotlanta indoors indoors in a bad weather weekend i am yeah, on this one okay oh, go ahead give me oh no sorry I, I gave you mine i was just gonna say it's a terrible division i mean somebody's got to win the division saints look like they were gonna win the division now they look like dog shit but i mean it, it almost looks like it's the falcons division to lose at this point i don't know um but if the bucks have any inkling of staying alive in that division they have to win this week so maybe that gives the bucks some juice but i mean if i were if i were to have to take it i'll take the falcons i'll be right back so on this one atlanta's offensive line you look at them you say but they they only scored 15 against the jets jets are one of the best run defenses in the nfl this old line has been playing some really good football lately i think they're going to create some explosive plays for atlanta against a Tampa Bay D-line that is talented. Vita Vea is awesome. You know, uh, Kalijah Kansi has been playing really well as a rookie, but they're banged up. Their ends are Shaq Barrett's still there, sure, but they're, a lot of their guys are hurt. They're down. They're, they're down for the count, and they haven't been playing. Maybe they're back this week. I haven't checked the injury report yet, but even if they're back, I don't think they're 100%. I think Atlanta's going to put up points. And then I look on the other side, I see an offense that has Mike Evans and Chris Godwin still like Baker Mayfield's banged up. Sure. But like those receivers are really good and they keep putting up points week after week after week. I'm taking the over 39 and a half here indoors. I think this is a, this is a falsely low total because it's indoors in a weekend where everything is outdoors. I think that's pulled this number down because everyone's seeing, Oh, 39, 30, 40, 40, 30, 40. I think the number is too low here. This number should be 42, 43, I think. That's where I would put it. So give me the over 39 and a half on this game. Don't hit it. Don't hit it at all. A lot of explosive players on both sides of the ball. So it's not, not a terrible bet indoors on the hot, on the maybe, fast track. Maybe we'll even see B. John Robinson get some touches this week. Who knows? Shit, he got wide. 26 last week or something like that. Keep the train rolling. Yeah, absolutely. Next up here, we have the maybe Trevor Lawrence led, maybe not Trevor Lawrence led Jacksonville Jaguars going to Cleveland to take on the dog pound, the Browns. You got anything here, Jay? No, with the uncertainty in Trevor Lawrence, that, that Browns defense, I, I guess Dorian Thompson Robinson's going to play this week. They said Joe Wait. Flacco back to the practice squad. 
you sure that wasn't just a roster manipulation thing? They might just need uh, to manipulate the roster and he'll be back. Uh, I'm not sure. Last I heard was that Joe Flat or that DTR is going to be back this week playing. I mean, he was out with a concussion last week. Um, I mean, if Joe Flacco plays and Trevor Lawrence doesn't, I might like the Browns just for the fact that I think Joe Flacco is not going to lose you the game. And I don't have faith in a backup Jags quarterback on a on a pretty lackluster offense this season, honestly. I mean, Trevor Lawrence has had some decent moments, but, I mean, they haven't been explosive by any means, and I don't expect They're that offense to get – really, I don't like expect Trevor that offense is... to get – Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I don't expect the offense to get much better if he doesn't play. And even if he does play, that Browns defense is absolutely disgusting. So, yeah, I mean, I don't have a bet on it, but I would take the Browns with Flacco and with DTR – it's just a gross game. Yeah. Trevor Trevor Lawrence's uh, navigation of the muddy pockets is a big reason why the Jags are where they are right now. Like, that O-line has been in shambles all year. Yeah. Um, and with him being immobilized, like, even if he plays, I question how well he's going to be able to navigate that pressure against one of the best pressure fronts in the league, even though Miles Garrett is hurt. Um, and according to Cleveland.com, Seems like a lot. It seems like a credible source to me. Joe Flacco likely to start versus Jaguars coming off stellar debut three hours ago. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why he wouldn't start. I mean, he looked good. I mean, didn't make mistakes. Still, still throws one of the best spirals I've ever seen in my life. But I mean, he can't move. But you don't have to move, I guess, if you have an offensive line playing that well. I mean, if they saw Nick Chubb, I mean, this team would be dangerous. I mean, I think good's the wrong word. I think elite is the word you're looking for. <laughs> it is Joe Flacco that, we're talking about. That was one of the best spirals ever seen in the history of the NFL. But staying away. Don't don't want anything to do with it. Yeah. Next up here, we got the Detroit Lions coming to Soldier Field to take on the charter franchise, Monsters of the Midway, Chicago Bears. What do you got here, Jay? Yeah, so I got I like the Bears here actually. Uh, plus three and a half. Bears have been playing good football. Lions defense has looked really really bad. I think I think the Bears can keep this close. I, mean, I I expect it to be a high scoring game. I, I like over forty three and a half, and I like the Bears to cover three and a half. Um, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if the Lions have a late lead and the Bears backdoor cover here. I mean that wouldn't be surprising at all. But that that Lions defense has just been so 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 bad lately that. With the with all the screens and everything the Bears run, I mean, they they love their screen game. So I mean, I, I think they can get the ball in open field, get the ball in the hands of the playmakers. Justin Fields, I mean, if he gets to run the ball and he gets seventy five to one hundred and twenty five yards, like he's almost guaranteed to do, it seems like these days. I think they can easily stay within this number. And even with the Bears defense playing as good as it's played lately, I mean, I, I still think the Lions are going to get theirs. So I like over 43 and a half and I like Bears plus three and a half. Yeah, I, I, I'm leaning Bears plus three and a half. Um, and I, I say that cautiously because Bears have hurt me so many times in my life that I, I just don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I can, but I'm leaning it. That's all I can do is lean. But Bears win, I, Bears win this game and they have a winning record in their last nine. Yep. Bears win this game, and I have to worry about Matt Eberflus really being around for more years. 
then you also have to get into the nightmare situation of having a number one overall pick and having to make a decision on Justin Fields. Yeah. And I mean, to be clear, like I, I love Justin Fields. I want him to succeed, but I just don't think it's going to happen in Chicago. Like we're going to be talking well, about another new offensive coordinator coming in here next year. I mean, if, if we're talking, case, if you're talking about windows, I mean, you're still rebuilding, even if you re-sign Justin Fields. I mean, I know you have all the cap space and everything, but are they? If they I resign know. Justin I mean, Fields, I... they're still rebuilding. Let, let me I mean, ask you this: They're not. They're not. Ask you this. They're not a couple of pieces away, even if they resign Justin Fields long term. No, with a rookie quarterback, I think this team can make the playoffs next year with a rookie quarterback. No, yeah, no, yeah, but I'm saying if you resign Justin Fields. Then the window all of a sudden goes from five to six years to three years, and you have to fill every hole immediately and hope you hit everything to where if you get a rookie quarterback, I think they can make the playoffs next year with a rookie quarterback. And then not only do you have a rookie quarterback, you have assets, whether like you have your own pick and more picks in the future and everything like that so and you have all the cap space so you can you can build towards you can you can legitimately build with a rookie quarterback right. to where the ceiling if you resign justin fields is like we're probably right. a we're probably a, a wild card team to maybe winning the division and everything has to break our way for a chance at a Super Bowl in the next three years to where you could be thinking Super Bowl in four to five years with a rookie quarterback. Yeah. You're, you're the, uh, to me, the cap is you, you bring back Justin Fields, you're the Ryan Tannehill Titans. Like, that's yeah. that's the way I – like, maybe you'll get a lucky year where you're 13-3, and three, but you can win in the first round of the playoffs. I don't exactly. know. Exactly. Like, that's, that's a tough spot to be. I don't know if that's what you strive to be, especially when you have the number one pick. Um but and, anyways, I, mean, I, I think his value is going to be good too. If 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 they end up yeah. going a different route and trading him, I also oh, he's going to look so clean in those throwback Atlanta Falcons black uniforms. Like it's going to be filthy. It's going to be disgusting. I also wouldn't hate it if they took a Caleb Williams and let Justin Fields play another year, and then either trade him before the trade deadline next year or trade him at the end of the season. And like after they pick up his fifth year option, then somebody gets him on a one year rental. And then they can decide if they want to pay him or not. Yeah, it wouldn't be the. I don't think that'd be the worst thing on earth. I just, I'm a, I'm of the belief that if the roster is there, you start the kid day one, and the roster will be there. Yeah, I mean it. Like it's not it like the, the roster that Justin Fields walked into. Hell no, like that thing was in shambles. But this yeah. roster is going to be in a really good spot next year, O line and wide receiver wise. Like. I think you're in a spot where it's most beneficial to just start the kid day. Yeah. But we saw a really good Chiefs team go with, uh, then you hear the stories about Patrick Mahomes walking on to the practice field his rookie year and every single player on the team being like, oh, this kid, this kid should be starting. And they ran out Alex Smith all year and then lost in the, what was it? First round, second round. So, that's the that's the exception to me the the Pat Mahomes and the Aaron Rodgers, where they had serious mechanical things to work out. Like Aaron Rodgers completely reworked his throwing motion when he was on the bench. Yeah. Pat Mahomes had a lot to clean up mechanically from tech, like his time at Texas Tech. There was a reason he he didn't go until what was it ten, 
like it was because of his mechanical issues the questions of will this be sustainable like there was a lot he cleaned up in that year and yeah. i don't think that caleb or drake may i don't think you're looking at that same type of thing yeah i mean it just depends i mean you i mean you hear you hear the stories about the guys on the team and they were like he should have like he should have started that year like we might have had another super bowl <laughs> yeah maybe he should have but I, I was just saying more to like to that point then if there wasn't that much that he had to work on then yeah he probably should have been starting yeah <laughs> yeah i mean even even what we've seen in patrick mahomes about like the accountability and all that it's like if you would have thrown him in day one and he wasn't quite technically ready it's it it seems like i mean it's revisionist history but it seems like he would have figured it out yeah i tend to think so i tend to think guys do when the situation around them is not detrimental to them like when if the o-line's good enough if the pass catchers are good enough i think guys will figure it out if there's stuff that's gonna create bad habits for them like a a leaky o-line or guys who can't catch the football or run the right routes or hit the right depth of their routes or anything like that then i think a guy should sit but like that's the only reason if and i think this bears team is gonna have you know DJ Moore plus maybe a Romo Dunze or a Malik Neighbors. You fit, you find a center, and this O line is in a really good spot. Like you're talking about an offense that really is pretty much. I was talking about this on my Bears podcast. The difference between the Detroit Lions offense and the Bears offense right now is very small, talent wise, and it's very similar. Like the center position is is the main difference. No, that's really it. And a Jameer Gibbs, who's I mean, I shouldn't say just a Jameer Gibbs, but like tight end. That's a running back. Tight end, I mean, that's that's the gap, but like DJ Moore to Amon Ross St. Brown yeah. is probably pretty pretty similar. But I mean I, I think Josh Reynolds is quite a bit ahead of Darnell Mooney. And then What? Josh Reynolds is like good. Yeah, Darnell Mooney hasn't looked good this year because Justin Fields can't get past his first read. <laughs> Darnell yeah. Mooney is still Darnell Mooney. Like, don't get Darnell Mooney is still getting open out there. Ain't nothing <laughs> changed about the way he plays the game. It's his targets that's changed. Yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe the gap is smaller than I think. I, I think I think the Lions got some dudes out there though. I mean, offensive line, clearly. But I mean, let me put it this way: I think Josh Reynolds is a guy that you can find in free agency any given year. Yeah, Jamison Williams is starting to step up a little bit for him, but yeah. Jamo has hard to do some stuff. The what you worry about with Jamis Williams is like, is he gonna be John Ross? Yeah, I mean for different reasons, but yeah. yeah. But anyways, back to the bets. I got over 40 and a half on this. This this number has jumped up, so I feel good about the number. Like I got it at 40 and a half, it's up at 43 and a half. I feel really good about that. It's gonna be snowy, it's gonna be cold, it's gonna be nasty. There's gonna be like 20 mile per hour winds out there. So I understand why it's low, but the last three times these two teams have faced off, there's been 57, 51, and 61 points. <laughs> yeah, I feel really good about this over. Like, yeah. Justin Fields gets a lot of rushing yards against the Lions defense. They're not built to stop a running quarterback like him. They just don't have the dudes. They don't have the horses, I don't think. Yeah. So, at that point, you're talking about a very versatile offense because Justin Fields' legs are a, an absolute factor from the start. Yeah. So next up here, Seahawks at 
49ers. What do you think about this game, Jay? Oh, I don't really have a whole lot of thoughts about this game. I think Seahawks played the absolute best game they could have played against the Cowboys last Thursday night. Um, I think that was there. If we have any chance at this division, if we have any, if we have any hopes of winning the division and not just making a wild card, we got to win this game. They played phenomenal and a losing effort. And I just don't know if they can do it again. The 49ers look like they're rolling, but you never know division game. I would, I'll probably lean the 49ers here just because of how good they've looked right recently. But I mean, they also played one of their best games of the season against the Eagles. So it says gross here. I, it, it could either be a really a good game. Mark. Yeah. Like it might be gross. It might be good or it might be a blowout. Like <laughs> it could be anything. Like it's, it's hard to, it's hard to judge. Cause it's like both of these teams are coming off one of their best performances of the entire year. One of them coming in a losing effort. One of them coming in a dominant win. So it's so my logic. Don't, don't like know if, what we're getting here. If you don't tell me the teams and you just tell me what you just said, both these teams coming off their best game, one in a losing effort and one in a dominant win. Yeah. I take the loser nine times out of 10. Right. Yeah. But this San Fran team looks really good and they beat the crap out of Seattle a few weeks ago. Yeah. Seattle does have a rest advantage here. Three extra days over the 49ers, which I do think matters in this aspect. And I think the, the Seahawks are going to come out swinging. I think they are going to be motivated. They are like Gino was banged up that last game really badly. Like, yeah, I remember pregame that they, they were showing him like getting his arm worked on on the on a table in the quarterback yeah. room for some reason while he was studying tape. Like it was a short week, I guess so they had to multitask. Um, I think Gino's right again. Like he looked really right last week. He looked just fine. Um, yeah. So I do think this is going to be a different Seahawks team. I'm still not that confident that they covered just because San Fran has looked so good, but man, that entire San Fran team had that Eagles game circled on their calendar. Oh yeah, that Eagles I mean, game. Like that was their game. The game they've been looking at Devo since the game of his life. Came out. So like, I I mean, I want to take. I'm taking a strong lean to the Seahawks on this. I couldn't bring myself to bet it, but I have a strong, strong lean on it, and I'll probably end up with a little bit of cash on it by the by the, by the time Sunday rolls around. Yeah. No, no, I don't think that's a bad spot to be in at all. Next up, oh, and for reference, Seattle was a ten and a half point dog in that one. So next up here, we got the Minnesota Vikings. Josh Dobbs going to Vegas to take on the Aiden O'Connell-led Raiders. And Aiden O'Connell looks a little bit like a pirate, I think. But what do you think about this game, Jay? Not a whole lot. I mean, <laughs> it, I mean Josh Dobbs, I mean, we've seen this train three times this year, I feel like. I mean, starts hot, and then it seems like the, less, the more he knows about the offense, the worse he gets. Uh, don't really know what to think about it. I mean... The Vikings look like they might have some life, and then they look dead in the water. Uh, Raiders have been the same way. Um, yeah, I mean, this this won't be a game that I'm paying close attention to at all. Yeah, I 
Man, so I got I got a strong lean towards the Raiders here just because they're at home. Both teams coming off a bye week. Um, but I do think Minnesota is going to have a bit of a bounce back. I mean, I think Josh Dobbs does have some sustainability in this league. I don't think it was just a backup being figured out. I think he's he's too smart and he's seen too many things at this point in his career. And I, I have a theory with quarterbacks that like if you can stick around long enough to see enough, you can be pretty decent. Like yeah. that's where I think Josh Dobbs is. He's been around long enough, seen enough different offenses and enough different defenses with just the right amount of game experience that I think he is good enough to be dangerous on any given Sunday. And after an embarrassing loss, that scares me, especially with Kevin O'Connell, who is such a good head coach. And you yeah. forget that Josh Dobbs has only been there for a few weeks. Like it's not like they've been able to implement a ton of stuff. The yeah. bye week is when they got the chance to look at their playbook, really go and through it. We might be getting Justin Jefferson what back. Dobbs likes. Oh, and we might be getting Justin Jefferson back. I'm glad I took this off my betting sheet because I, I said I have a lean towards the Raiders, and that's all it is. It's a lean. Yeah. It, it lean to Raiders plus three, but I'm staying away. Um, I do like that the degree of mystery kind of with the interim head coach going into the bye week. We don't know what all he's going to change, and that's why I'm leaning towards the Raiders at home. Yeah. But there's a similar degree of mystery with Josh Dobbs, so – yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's gross. I mean, this whole slate's kind of <laughs> gross. So, see, no question mark on this one. Just blatantly gross. Yeah. All right. Next up here, we got the Denver Broncos going to play a home game in Los Angeles against the Chargers. What do you think about this one? Yeah. So I don't think the Chargers should be favored to get by three against anybody, much less a red hot Broncos team that barely lost. Uh, Russell Wilson played his worst game of, uh, of the season. I don't, I don't expect that to happen again. Chargers are bad. They're in complete disarray. They're going to probably fire everybody at the end of the season. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what to do with Justin Herbert situation because he looks good. Uh, Quentin Johnson looks like he might be the worst first round pick in the history of the NFL outside of I thought he did it I thought he did a little bit last week. Uh I mean he got I open mean, and dropped balls. Oh wait, he did have that bad drop, you're right. Three bad drops. Um Oh, I only saw one. But yeah, I mean Man. doesn't look good. I mean Justin Herbert's doing everything he can and then some and just getting no help, no support. Uh Durbin James came up and made a couple big plays last week. I mean, you can just go through this entire team and just name dudes. I mean, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, Rashawn Slater, uh, Durbin James, Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa. I mean, just dude after dude after dude all over this team, and they just suck. They just can't get it done. They shouldn't be three-point favorites against anybody. Give me Broncos plus three in this game going on the road to play a home game. Mac Daddy's up to like 15 sacks or something. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they have dudes. Oh, I just love to see Khalil Mack doing it. And and yeah. Quentin Johnson did catch five of his seven targets last week for 52 yards. So okay. poor efficiency, but he did catch five of seven. He's two still drops, really apparently. bad. Yeah, two drops. Oh, he's so. he's not separating. I mean, it's it's kind of one of the, the one of the main concerns with him. And I know you like to say that he is. Um, Mike Williams, I don't see that. Like he's in college, see everybody he says he's Mike. Different people say he's Mike Williams, and that was my gripe from picking him from the beginning. Because if he's Mike Williams, you already have Mike Williams, and Mike Williams is Mike Williams. And granted, he yeah. got hurt. He tore his ACL. 
But, I mean, to me, the pick never made sense to begin with. And if you pick him to be Mike Williams, it makes no sense because Mike Williams so, is Mike Williams. But that's the thing. He's not Mike Williams. Like no, in I know. College, I, I know he's never not Mike a go-up-and-get-it receiver. He has the size to be, but he's not. He was a he was a catch it in space and make magic happen kind of guy. Yeah. And no. that made sense with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams if he could separate, but he can't separate. So yeah. you're just you just have a guy who's built like a go up and get it guy, isn't shifty enough to actually separate, and you're trying to get the ball in his hands and he's dropping it when you do. Yeah, I mean there that whole I mean it's just Philip Rivers all over again. <laughs> Sorry, really Chargers is. fan. It really is. So I got a lean to Denver here. I stayed away. Uh, the lean was what? What number did you get that at? Uh, plus three. Plus three. So I've written down here. I'd take Denver at three. So I'll add that to my card because I mean I, I wrote it down. If it gets to three, I'll take Denver. Uh, it was at two and a half when I looked at it yesterday. Uh, um, Denver's defense is playing really well. I think Peyton has a movement in the right direction, and I just think everything is going wrong for the Chargers. I mean, the Chargers are due for a victory. Maybe they win one, but I don't think they win by more than three. Yeah, no, I agree. All right, next up here, we have the Buffalo Bills in the game of the week. Second game of the week. Excuse me, definitely not the game of the week. Number two game of the week. Buffalo Bills going to Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. Take on the Kansas City Chiefs. Is this not gross, Jay? It shouldn't be, but it kind of (laughs) is. I mean, the Bills look awful. The Chiefs don't look great. I mean, they can't get anything going on offense whatsoever. I mean, you talk about Justin Herbert doing everything he can. I mean, Patrick Mahomes just looks like a a beaten down fucking human out there right now. I mean, it just seems like everything he tries to do just doesn't work. Um, their offensive line's not playing great. Isaiah Pacheco runs so angry that sometimes I wonder if he even is reading his blocks because, I mean, when he hits the hole, I mean, he hits it a million miles an hour and is ready to run through a brick wall. And he's also ready to run through a brick wall when he has a wide open hallway. Um, <laughs> it's it's frustrating. <laughs> it's frustrating watching this Chiefs offense because when Andy Reid or whoever is calling plays for him at Nagy, uh, whoever it is, it seems like every time they call the right thing, everything's ran perfectly and just doesn't work for some reason. There's Except just for one some, guy. One yeah. guy. It's yeah. never the same guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just complete disarray. The defense is good. It's their saving grace. And the Bills, like we talked about with the Seahawks and like we talked about with um, the 49ers, came off a really good game uh, last time we saw them in a loss. Um, Josh Allen doesn't look great, turning the ball over. Um, Stephon Diggs doesn't seem like he wants to be there. Von Miller is beating women in the state of Texas. I, I don't know what's going on with either one of these, either one of these teams right now. I mean, if if I'm a Chiefs or a Bills fan, I mean, especially a Bills fan, I mean, they might miss the playoffs entirely. And I mean, this is definitely a get right game for for both teams. But whichever team loses, I mean, you got to be. If, if the Chiefs lose this game, you're not you're not necessarily in panic mode. But I mean, you're you're right on the verge of it. I mean, this is 
it feels like a must win for both teams, but obviously that's not going to happen. So I, I don't know. What's the spread on it? It is it was two and a half. Casey was favored by two and a half. When I yeah, see. That line seems right. I would, I would probably put it closer to a pick em, but I, I don't know who I would take in that situation because, I mean, if if the Chiefs just execute, they, they should dominate this game, I think. But they just haven't proven that they can execute here recently. Um, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is is playing great. I mean, if you, if you watch him play, he's he's making the plays, he's making the throws, and is just getting let down every step of the way. So, I mean, it's... And then Josh Allen, on the other hand, he'll... I mean, he's he's being typical Josh Allen. He's... He looks great when he looks great, but I mean that uh oh moment is right around the corner at all times, and it's very, very much uh, elevated this season with that uh oh moment. Dude, Josh Allen is having one of the most bizarre seasons I've ever seen. Like, yeah, he's having a Jameis Winston season. Not even, no, not even. He is number three in PFF grade which Jameis Winston was never near that. Yeah. Um, he is, let's see, among quarterbacks with enough dropbacks to qualify. Let's see. He has the sixth best turnover-worthy play rate. He's really not giving a ton of opportunities, just in bad spots. But then again, that doesn't add up either. You look at his EPA per play, adjusted EPA per play, he is fourth in the NFL. Straight up EPA for play unadjusted, he is third in the NFL. Success rate, he is second in the NFL. EPA CPOE composite, he is fourth in the NFL. See, I don't and look then, at I don't look at the I don't look at these numbers, but I test says something else. I understand on paper he might be playing well, but I mean, just turn on the film and to me, I test is not there for me. I just want to show one more thing here. And can you see this tweet? I can't see the top chart, the top of it. It cuts off at Tua. Is there anybody past Tua? Oh, yeah. Uh, sorry. Hang on. Technical difficulty. Give me one moment here. Let's see. Share screen. I understand. Here we go. Yeah, picked the wrong one before. So, win probability added, that, that's just a metric that says this was your Vegas win probability before this play happened. Yeah. This was your Vegas win probability after this play happened. What's the difference? Josh Allen is far away the best in these late game situations in the league at this. EPA per dropback, again, far and away. The, like, it's just bizarre. I'm not trying yeah. to sell you that Josh Allen is better than you're saying. I'm just saying he's having the weirdest season I've ever seen from a quarterback. There are so, yeah. the, none of the numbers make sense. Nothing is adding up. Yeah, I mean it's it's one of those things where it's like I know Josh Allen's supposed to be good and he looks good, but like I said, I mean there's he's I don't know. Maybe I'm just coming off as a hater. I don't know, but I mean doesn't look good to me. Yeah, it's bizarre. It's just bizarre. I mean, I thought he played outstanding against the Eagles, to be honest. And it just, yeah. fuck, it sucked. 
it just ended the wrong way. Like so. No, that was. I, game, I felt like that was one of his better games. Yeah, I think it was too. But back to this game, Kansas City two and three over their last five games. Buffalo is three and five over their last eight. So both these teams are in a rut. I mean, both these teams are coming off ugly losses that like especially the Bills, like that one just that was yeah. a cut punch, man. That was a soul crushing loss. I wanna trust KC to get it right at home here more than Buffalo to do it on the road. I mean, at Arrowhead, tough place to play. I mean, tough Very weather. Tough. Buffalo knows how to play in it. Like it, it won't matter. Um but minus two and a half. Like, I mean, I I have a hard time with this one. I have because I think Buffalo is the better roster. I really do. But I think Buffalo yeah. is going through tougher stuff. And like, I mean, I, I think I think the Chiefs' defense is better. Buffalo's offense, roster wise, is much better. I, I so I guess I'm not saying one for one they're better. Like if I go position by position, I think probably yeah. the count goes to KC. But the fact that they have a high quality receiver in Kansas City doesn't puts them ahead. Yeah. Of, like the roster ahead for me. I, I, receivers just too important. That yeah. that big a difference is going to matter to me. Uh, so yeah. I'm staying away. I'm leaning towards Kansas City lightly, but I mean, I I don't know. That, that's a tough game. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Um, All right. So, do you want? It'll be a fun to, game. Do you want to continue going in order, or do you want to save the game of the week for last? I'm gonna say the game of the week for last. Okay. So stick around if you want to hear about the game of the week, but we're skipping over it for now to talk about the Green Bay Packers. The elite Jordan Love going to New York to take on. Is this this is Sunday night? Monday night. No, There's two Monday, Monday night, night games. Two That's Monday right. Night okay. Games. I, I was like, the Jets are at home too. How are the Giants at home? <laughs> to take on the New York Giants. What do you think here, Jay? Um, I am. I'm so fucking done with Matt Lafleur and these fucking Packers. I, I Matt hate. Lafleur's incredible. I hate I hate Green Bay. I I know you're a Pat or a Bears fan and you hate Green Bay, but I fucking hate no, Green see, Bay. I'll be and honest. I don't you probably hate Green Bay more than I do at this point because I've been so beaten to submission that I just don't care anymore. Yeah, and it'd be one it'd be different if like Green Bay just beat the shit out of us, but they always just beat us in the most heartbreaking fashion. And I always was like, oh, it's Aaron Rodgers. It's Aaron Rodgers. And now they're getting hot. They're going to make the playoffs. They're, they're going to make the playoffs. Their they're schedule down the stretch is absolutely ridiculous. Jordan Love looks like, how do they keep getting away with this? I mean, it is, I hate them. They're going to beat the shit out of the Giants. They're going to cover. Um, I don't have the game, but they're going to do it. They're going to make the playoffs. And they're going to break my heart. And... I, I I don't think I can emotionally I don't think I can emotionally handle a Jordan Love loss in the playoffs. I'll just say that right now. No, that would be brutal. Um, so Green Bay's playing well. I mean, playing here's my great. Thing with this game. Here's my thing with this game. I do not think, and I, I props to Jordan Love. Props to the Packers. Matt Lafleur is doing textbook job of how you make your quarterback look good, of how to do run the offense, to, to run the offense with a quarterback who is a rhythm thrower, who is going to do what he's supposed to do. Like, Matt LaFleur is nailing it. But you know what? 
Wink Martindale is really good at getting those quarterbacks out of their comfort zone and making them make mistakes. And yeah. that's something that worries me in this game for taking the Packers is that Wink Martindale and his balls to the wall defense against an inexperienced quarterback has a recipe for disaster, especially an inexperienced quarterback coming off a bunch of praise because he just beat the world champs. Yeah. I actually, I'm, I'm leaning Giants plus seven here if it goes to seven. I got, I saw it at six. I hope the Giants beat them. I hope the Giants beat the shit out of them. I don't know if they're going to win, but I think they're going to make it make it rough on him. I think Jordan Love is in for a rougher day. Um, Let's go, Danny DeVito. And I will, so a Packers fan was texting me. And my buddy was texting me during. Yes, I have a buddy who's a Packers fan. I'm a Bears fan. It sucks, but um, but anyways, he was texting me during the game saying like, "Man, Jordan Love's looking pretty good." I hadn't turned the game on yet. I usually don't turn on the evening games till halftime or like the fourth quarter, even because I tell my my wife. I give noon to like or 1 p.m. to like 7 p.m. to football on Sundays. Outside of that, I'm just going to turn it on when you go to sleep. <laughs> um, yeah. So like I turn it on and he's like, you got to go back and watch this fourth down throw. And I go back and watch it and I see, you know, it's incredible play by Romeo. Dunks, yeah. Right. Nice ball. Nice ball. Yeah. But you know what else I see? I see a tight end waving his hands over the middle wide ass open just past the first down marker. And I text my buddy back. And I go, yeah, it was a great play, but he didn't make the right decision. No, yeah. Like, that's, that's what I'm seeing with Jordan Love right now. I'm, no, I'm just seeing away with it. He's making plays, but the process isn't right yet on some of it. And on a lot of it, it's Matt LaFleur doing an incredible job. And there were some Packers fans calling for Matt LaFleur to be fired. Do it. Do I it. want the Bears to hire him. Do it. I want that yeah. guy as my head coach because he gets it. He knows how to run an offense. He is talk, good at his Talk job. about a guy who knows how to run an offense. We'll get to that shortly. You talking Mike McDaniel? His name's Mike, that's for sure. Um, Tennessee Titans. Titans going to Miami. Miami are 13 and a half point favorites. What do you think? Um, This is another one. I'd, I'm, I'm kind of singular focused this week. I got I to gotta put all my energy towards one. <laughs> specific focus and I just can't distract myself with Titans Dolphins Monday night uh 13 and a half give me Dolphins because gross uh Dolphins <laughs> defense is playing well Levis doesn't look great uh he's shown flashes but I mean everybody on Tennessee's is just falling dead I think I think they're going to mutually part ways with Vrabel. I think Vrabel's going to take the job in New England, and I think Belichick is going to end up coaching the Chargers. Um, you think Bob Kraft's trading a second-round pick for Mike Vrabel? No, I think they're going to mutually part ways. I don't. I think there's going to be a trade. They might. They might make a trade. Uh, but either way, I think Vrabel is next up in New England. I think Belichick's going to take a retirement job in L.A. with a premier quarterback and a defense that can get it done, and he's going to get his coaching staff in there and maybe turn that thing around in L.A. Marty Schottenheimer treatment? Yeah, possibly. We'll see. But, I mean, you talk about a team that's ready to go, and, I mean, it would be prove-it time for Belichick. Was it you? Was it Brady? Because, I mean, he walks into that Chargers locker room and that's even with his 07 team 
is 08 team, is 09 team, those early 2000s teams, those 2013-14 teams that, I mean, I think that Chargers team's a top five team he's ever coached walking in day one. And I, I mean, I think that makes sense. I think Vrabel and Tennessee are on their, they love each other, but I think it's one of those where it's like the love is kind of lost, but they have so much respect for each other that they're not going to fire Vrabel, but Vrabel is also like probably wants another opportunity somewhere. So I wouldn't be surprised if they mutually part ways or Kraft goes out and hires him. But either way, give me Dolphins here because I, the Titans are so hurt, so injured, and Will Levis is a quarterback, and the Dolphins still have a shot at – everybody has a shot at the number one seed, I feel like, in the AFC right now. It's just wide open, so. That's interesting. The Belichick to the Chargers concept. I, I hadn't thought – that. that's an interesting one, though. Like, that – it's an artist heaven. willing to, like, let, to go do – Something like I mean, it's Marty. They got Marty Schottenheimer back in the day. Like yeah. that feels very similar to me. I mean, know, it's, the, it's the perfect rings, match. But. I mean, obviously, Bill Belichick can't can't coach a rebuild. I mean, and the defense right now under the Patriots looks all right. And you give you give Bill Belichick that that defense they have there. They get an offensive coordinator in there. Oh, maybe Josh McDaniels. Maybe Josh McDaniels go in there with him. I mean, and That's really interesting. That is really interesting, um, but I love Bill O'Brien like, maybe. So, but yeah, back to the Titans Dolphins. I got Dolphins minus thirteen and a half. You know yeah. what the Dolphins are really good at? Scoring, kicking the shit out of bad teams. <laughs> you know what I think the Titans are? Bad team. Bad team. Yeah. So th- this is an automatic for me. Dolphins against bad teams. I'm 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 slamming it. I don't care what the number is. The yeah. Titans, I, if they had Jeffrey Simmons on the field, I wouldn't call them a bad team. But they are without Jeffrey Simmons. Will Levis has looked awful outside of that Thursday night game, which mm-hmm. you really think about it. Teams don't scout Thursday night games. That was yeah. on, that that was just Will Levis playing playing street ball. Playing like now ball. teams are scouting them, and he looks bad. Yeah, like, I mean, he doesn't look good. I mean, he looks like Kentucky Will Levis. Hey, he's got fire. I'll give him that. You see him, that forced fumble? That was filthy. <laughs> One of the greatest plays I've ever seen. Yeah, he's a ball player. He might not be a quarterback, but he's a football player. Has there ever been a oh, no, oh, no, yes moment that was bigger than yeah. that? Like, that was I mean, ultimate. That is the definition of not a quarterback, a football player. I mean, that that is <laughs> – I mean, he's Taysom Hill. I mean, Without Mike the Ray ability. Will bring him with him to, uh, to New England. That, that's a Mike Vrabel kind of guy. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then, did you see him jawed with D Hop on the sideline? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I this mean, guy's a gamer. He's something. I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but ultimately, like where I where this really gets me is like teams with bad secondaries, the Dolphins just trounce. Yeah. They destroy them. And Tennessee secondary is just not very good. They trade Kevin Byard to the Eagles. Like their their corners are not up to snuff, and I do not think they're going to be able to to stand pace with these Dolphins. I mean, maybe stuff will start to catch up to the Dolphins. Maybe Vrabel has like the miracle game plan written in his notebook, like in Waterboy. Like he's just got the notebook full of plays. But yeah. I mean, I 
I don't see it. I think Miami's just going to trounce them and take all the Tyreek Hill overs, take all the Miami Dolphins overs. I'm going to do right, one of these a sweet parlay like or a round robin. I found round robins this week, and I fucking love them. I won three this weekend. It was amazing. Uh, but Tyreek Hill should be MVP. Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> You're it right. Might, let's, might just, let's just – oh, wait. I'm sorry. I went to the wrong one. Let's just get to the Eagles going to Dallas, Texas to take on who? How about them Cowboys? How about them fucking Cowboys? All right. Dallas Cowboys. Let me say something right now. I I was not a fan of the Mike McCarthy hire. I have, you know me, I haven't been a huge fan of Dak Prescott throughout his career. I thought you, you have to go Romo. back to last year to realize that, folks. Yeah, I thought Romo should have started his his rookie year when Romo came back healthy. I mean, it was, it was one of the greatest executed drives you ever, you ever seen in a swan song on the way out. Terrence Williams on the sideline for a touchdown. Anyway, the fact that Mike McCarthy took over play calling of this offense five weeks ago and they are by far the best offensive team in the league. Absolutely unstoppable. Everything is drawn up to perfection. Is almost cause to fucking fire Mike McCarthy for being like, where has this been since you've been here? You had this in you and you just you've just been passing the buck. I mean we put up with freaking so Brian Schottenheimer, right? Yes, we we put up with Kellen Moore. <laughs> For three years, we put up with Brad Schottenheimer half of this season, and then you, Mike McCarthy, take over play calling. All of a sudden, Dak Prescott is far and away playing better quarterback right now than anybody in the league. It, it's not even debatable whether you like Dak or not. He is playing better quarterback right now than anybody else in the league. C.D. Lamb looks like a true wide receiver number one. Brandon Cooks is getting the ball, which I was screaming for all season. Tony Pollard is starting to get going. Rico Dowdle is getting going. Offensive line looks decent, not Rico great. Rico not a real person. He's not. Offensive line looks good and not great, and you're able, like you're, you're, you're able to cover up deficiencies on this team with your play calling, with how well everything is executed. And now all of a sudden we have a defensive problem. It's like, where are you at, Dan Quinn? It's like the offense shows up. You have the best offense in the league, and we we can't stop Geno fucking Smith. Like, what are we doing here? But the fact that I I think we should fire Mike McCarthy for the fact that it took him three and a half years to take over play calling, and now we're the best offense in the league. Because I mean, the way that offense looked. The past two years against the 49ers in the playoffs was absolutely horrendous. It's like, what what were we doing? Like, it it blows my mind. But Cowboys offense is playing better than anybody in the league right now. I think if their defense can even come back to half the form it was at the beginning of the season, they are an absolute force in the playoffs. And I mean, I am I'll be the first one to like being apologetic about the Cowboys, uh, apathetic, like just no hope. Like they're good, but like, they're going to let me down. But like, this is, this is one of the best teams since I've seen since 2014. Um, 
Eagles can't keep getting away with it. They didn't get away with it last week. Jalen Jalen Hurts is not a hundred percent. I mean, he can't get outside the pocket. He can't run like 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 he can at a high level right now. I mean, yeah, we got to slow down AJ Brown and uh, Devonta Smith. I don't know how we do that. I mean, DK burned us fucking over and over and over again. So I don't know what we do there, but I mean, if we can just slow these guys down, turn Jalen into a pocket passer, get pressure on the quarterback. Um, I mean, I, I'm taking Cowboys minus three here, minus three and a half on some bucks. I'm hammering it. I mean, I think this is a big time win. they're a different team at home. Um, I, I said earlier in the podcast, I mean, they were coming off a game against Seattle where Seattle, Seattle played the best game of the their entire season seattle plays that game against anybody else in the league they win by double digits and not only did cowboys keep up with them step by step throughout the entire game and it was ugly it was officiated so poorly on both sides of the ball i mean every seattle was able to stay in every drive for penalties and then cowboys got a bunch of lucky breaks too but the cowboys should have Seattle's first three drives should have been three and out that got extended by penalties. And maybe if they go three and out those first three drives and Dallas scores, it's a completely different game because then all of a sudden Dallas is up 17, nothing. And then it's the routes on at that point, but refs kept them in early and then they performed to credit to them for that. But I mean, Cowboys played a perfect game. I mean, they didn't let the adversity get to them. I mean, they are, they're playing on another level right now. Dak Prescott is if, if anybody else, if Josh Allen was having the season Dak's having right now, Patrick Mahomes, even Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is the favorite for MVP, and Dak's playing better than him. I mean, you, it, it's crazy, but Dak's the MVP right now. And I think if, if, if that defensive line can get going and that defense can get going, I mean, this is the best team in football right now. Give me Cowboys minus three. Yeah, Mike, I mean, Mike, I, I Mike, Mike McCarthy is... Fucking coach of the year at this point. I agree with you on a lot of what you said. Um, coach of the year. I don't know if I can go McCarthy, but uh, I mean, I'm just probably, saying, probably not coach of the year because I mean, you can't get coach yeah. of the year if you gave Brown Schottenheimer the reins for half the season, <laughs> and then all of a sudden you have an MVP at quarterback, and it's like, I, I feel like you should get worse coaching performance of the year because maybe we don't lose to the fucking Cardinals if Mike McCarthy's calling plays all season. So, I, I agree with a lot of what you said, though. And most of what you said, really. And the you look at the Eagles' schedule, I mean, they have been through the ringer lately. Like, Miami Dolphins, then they took a week off against the Commanders. Then they had the Cowboys, bye week. Chiefs, Bills, 49ers. Like, they played... Three of the best five, six teams in football. And they didn't really, fourth. I mean, they they keep winning to their credit. But I mean, shit kind of hit the fan. I mean, cheese definitely set off the cracker last week. And well, like, so these nail biting victories, though, they're exhausting. Yeah, and they tired. They had dead man. legs. They had dead legs in that San Fran game. Yeah, and Cowboys are coming off of a, a long rest. And they're coming off a fight, fight for their lives against San Fran. Yeah, there's a lot to like with Dallas here. I wish this number was three. Right now at three and a half, I'm just leaning it. It hits three, I'm taking it. But I got it at like, three. 
because I do still think the Eagles are going to fight, but I do think the Cowboys are going to cover three, like that, that yeah. by three, three to seven. The, um, the only thing about it is, is I mean, we got to put them away early. I mean, if we let these motherfuckers stay in the game, the Eagles they're built cover. to play with the lead. They're built to play with the lead. I mean, that, that's not to say they can't play from behind, but they're they're built to play with a lead, and that's what they do best. Yeah. Um, now, Jalen Hurts' question is going to be big here. Like how he's doing. I mean, I, I don't agree with David Carr out there saying that Marcus Mariota should be starting the game. Um, from a, I agree. Win- I I agree in the aspect of if he's not one hundred percent, you're almost basically guaranteed a playoff spot, and you're going to throw him essentially to the wolves. I mean, I know you have the best offensive line in the league, but I mean, if Osa Digazua, I mean, if these if these if this D line gets hot, I mean, you're you're putting him in a terrible terrible situation to where yeah you might give up the one seed but you're built to play on the road i mean philly is built to win anywhere and why jeopardize it with your star quarterback if it's not necessarily needed i understand you want to play at the link you want to play at home you want to play in philadelphia but if it's are we going to be playing at home in the playoffs with jalen hurts or are we going to be playing at home in the playoffs with marcus Mariota because we put not 100% Jalen Hurts out there and he gets injured worse. But give give me a fully healthy Philly team. I don't care. I want to I want to dog shit this team. Yeah. So I, the only reason why I do hesitate is that they got absolutely embarrassed against San Francisco. Like I wish that that game had been closer just because I would be much more on the Cowboys if it was, but like yeah. with it being just being taken to the woodshed like that that's where I worry because I think that worries me too. Have a little extra juice. And they got some dogs um, on that team. And then they're that this freaking Dom guy that everybody seems to love is out there trying to fight players. And Philly's going to do the whole like, blah, 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 we're Philly. We're scumbags. Like we love this fucking guy. Like this is our hero. Like put a statue of him next to Rocky. They're going to ride for the dog. Guy. And, uh, it's, it's the worst. They're the worst people in, I I do I would, also want to note. I'm also jealous, but it, I, I, wish, I wish, I wish the Dallas that. Cowboys fan base was as scumbaggy as Philly. <laughs> I want to note that Jalen Carter has not been the same player since he got hurt against Washington. He has so his. We can go through his PFF pass rush grades here. First, Tyler Smith had his last time that played. Yeah, after he was hurt. That's but, what I'm saying. Okay. His pass rush grade was 90.5, then rough game against Minnesota, 58.7, then back up to 83.3, 69, 78, 87, 73. And 73, that's the game where he gets hurt. And after the first, like, 10 snaps of that game, his grade's probably close to 10. Like, the tape is ugly. And then 64, 70, 69, 62, he has just not been the same guy. And I think that that impacts their D-line a lot because he doesn't play every snap. You know, he he comes in in pass rush situations, but the first half of the season, he dominated those situations. Mm -hmm. Like, even his PFF grade, the 59, I watched that tape. I had him graded at, like, a 78. I don't understand why it's 58, 59. It's like he was wrecking people. Yeah, and... uh I mean, it, it definitely could be the injury, but I mean that was one of the knocks. And I don't even know out. if he's on. I don't even know if he's on the injury report. 
I mean, but, I'm just saying he's not this. Whatever it is, he's not the same guy. That was that, that, that was one of his biggest knocks coming out. It's like it's all there, but sometimes it's just not there. It's like when he's on, he's the best player in college football, and then sometimes he's oh, not on. It's like he might have been the best player in the NFL the first six weeks of the season. Exactly. I mean, and that that was one of the big things that people talked about with him coming out was like, if he wants to be the best player on the field, he can be, but does he want to be the best player on the field? And it it might be injury. I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna yeah, sit he's here. He's not and, on the injury report. It doesn't look like, but yeah. I mean that you, we know how much that means. Like, yeah, but that I mean that was his biggest criticism coming out. And yeah, if he if was. he's not hurt, it's coming to fruition. Yeah, but that, I personally think he's just watching that Washington game. The difference between when I think he got hurt up until maybe, I think he got hurt and after that was just insane. It was like a well, completely different player. Maybe he just got popped and got the yips. Maybe. I mean, he left the game with a back injury. That's yeah. that, that that's that's what I'm pointing to as like the difference is he left the game with what the Eagles said was a back injury. Yeah, so maybe, I mean, maybe he's healthy now, but he's just playing Out of scared. rhythm. Yeah. Yeah, I maybe. Mean, because you get, you get popped in the back like that. I mean, back hurt. Like you get hit in the back, it freaking hurts. So it's like, then it's in the back of your mind, and then instead of instead of just playing free and playing football, it's always in the back of your mind. You're like, oh, I don't want to put myself in a bad situation, and it's to a detriment to your to your play. Yeah, maybe, or maybe it's just as simple as he still got hurt. hurt, and it's yeah, it's still impacting him a little yeah. bit. I, I hate to, I hate to start calling a guy soft in any way. <laughs> I, I never said he was. I mean. Yeah, no, you're right. It's, I'm putting words in your mouth. Excuse me, that wasn't fair. Yeah, I mean, it's human nature. I mean, it's, it's the same way. If if you hurt your leg, you tend to more times than not hurt your other leg because you subconsciously like try to overcompensate. Overcompensate. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing. You get you get popped one time in the back, then maybe subconsciously, I mean, you just don't do th- like you're you're not playing. Yeah free basically a, pl- a player as bendy and flexible as he is in weird positions and who's like one of the things that makes him so incredible is the power he generates from positions that no one should be able to generate power from is incredible yeah. and like that is it back that your back is going to impact that significantly if you are not using it 100 yeah. percent um but what do you say we talk a little bit of college football before we get out of here yeah, so I just have a couple futures uh, going into bowl season. Um, so I got Texas Longhorns plus 260 to win the national championship. I thought they got a good draw with Washington um, for the fact that I think they're explosive enough to score, and I think that defensive line is nasty, and I think they can get after it. Um, and if they can get after um, Michael Penix, they could slow him down, which will help slow down the receive the great great receivers of Washington. Um, I, I would have had Washington in the national championship against Bama or Michigan, honestly, if if they had drawn either one of them. But they got Texas. I think Texas Texas matches up the best against them, and so for that, I got I got UT at plus two sixty to win the national championship. And then I also have Alabama versus Texas in the national championship at plus two seventy five. Yeah, I can. Man, I so 
part of this is really this is just the matchup I want to see. I want to see Washington Bama. Yeah, I want to see no. those those sick Bama cornerbacks going against those incredible Washington wide receivers yeah. just duking it out. I think that would be incredible. And I really, I don't think there's a defense in the country that can slow down Washington. I just think their receivers are too damn good. I mean, they were slowed down the four weeks leading up to Oregon. Were they? They did not play great. That's why they were 10-point underdogs going into the Oregon game. Didn't look great at all. Didn't look great against Arizona. Didn't look great against Washington State. Didn't look great again. It didn't look great against uh, Oregon State, was it? Oregon State. Oregon State, yeah. I mean, they didn't yeah. look great down the stretch. That game, that game was in pouring rain, though, I will say. Yeah. I mean. But they didn't look, they didn't look great down the stretch, but, I mean, they're going to have plenty of time to prepare. And I don't think it's really about slowing down the receivers. I think they're going to be able to get after Michael Penix with that defensive line. And I think that's Arizona Arizona State's the only team that slowed him down, really, though. I mean, like Oregon State, they scored 22 in the pouring rain. That game was fluky as hell. Arizona State held him to 15. I'll give them credit on that. But every other game, I mean, they scored 24 against Washington State. So not great, but. Not bad. 34 against Oregon, 35 against Utah, 52 against uh, against USC. Who cares? Uh, 36 against Oregon the time before, 31 against Arizona, 59. Like, I just think this, yeah, I, I guess. The, it's the worst defense in the country. Where my, where my thought process is, maybe it's not so much that they will put up disgusting points against everybody. It's that they will keep up with anybody. Yeah. I mean, so... I'm not, I mean, I, I think Texas offense is good enough to score on them. I mean, I'm not worried about that. Like I said, I think that defensive line for Texas is nasty. And they're going to get after it. I think Texas might have the best defensive line in the playoff. And historically speaking, defense, freak. Yeah, historically speaking, defensive lines and these playoff scenarios, I mean, I mean, you look back to the, the Clemson run. I mean, they're, that defensive line ate everybody's lunch. And historically speaking, these games aren't going to be close. But this also on paper is the most competitive playoff we've ever had. So maybe it's different this year. Maybe the the swan song of the four-team playoff is different. But historically speaking, defensive line wins in the playoff. And it's not going to be close. And, so, but in recent if, Washington, history, if Washington beats Texas, I think Washington wins it all. I think yeah. the winner of Washington, Texas wins the national championship. But I think so, I think Texas is gonna be Washington. In recent history, I mean with Georgia, the D lines, you know, have dominated. But prior to that, I mean, I almost wonder how close is wide receiver to D line? I mean the only wide receiver has done really well in the college football playoff too. I'm just thinking of the LSU team right now when you said that. Um L- Ohio State had some... when they had Jalen Waddle and Henry Ruggs and uh who was the third guy there? Um, the Mac uh, Jones championship team. That was loaded. Yeah, as loaded Waddle. Uh, was Jamison Williams the third on that? Yeah, Jamma was. Uh, but. Uh, and then uh, those Clemson, the Deshaun Watson Clemson teams were stacked at wide receiver too. That defensive line of Clemson had that year. They won those. Unreal. Oh, I know. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying D line that yeah. wide receiver matters more. I just wonder how close they are. Because I think yeah. that they might be closer than than we, we were realizing. Yeah, and that might be true. But, I mean, 
those those teams with those wide receivers, I mean, I think those were also like far and away the best team. Like, I don't think we have a far and away best yeah. team this year. Okay. So I think the the offensive numbers might have been a little bit extrapolated from just being so much better everywhere that they were able to just throw it all over the field. And I mean, Washington, maybe they are that. I don't know. But when with the with the college game, with the hashes being the way they are, I just think it's a game that receivers can dominate more easily than like like there aren't as many advantages to the D line as there are receivers in the college game. And I think yeah. it, that that impacts my opinion. So, yeah, no, I agree. But yeah, I, I like Texas to win that game. But like I said, I think the winner of that game wins the national championship. Um, I think Michigan's the worst team out of this four. Uh, I think Bama. I think it's I think it's gonna be Bama and it's gonna be either Texas or Washington. But I like I like Texas. I like that D line and I think they can do enough offensively to to get a lead and I think they're gonna get after Michael Penix pretty easily. So I will say I I think that Michael Penix's receivers make Michael Penix look a lot better than Michael Penix is. So yeah, I, I could see him in Indiana him blowing a game. Yeah. Yeah. It's like all right. Real quick, let's just throw the model up here for those who stuck around long enough to see it. The model loves everything this week, pretty much. <laughs> um, loves Houston, loves Tampa, loves Jacksonville, which Jacksonville you might want to temper on because I didn't adjust for the quarterback. I'll usually adjust for a quarterback being out, but it was unclear whether Lawrence would be out or not, yeah. so I left it normal. Loves Detroit, loves San Fran, loves the Chargers, the Cowboys. And the Green Bay Packers. And it likes the over in Rams Baltimore, over in Carolina, New Orleans, over in Indy Cincinnati, over in Jacksonville, Cleveland, over in Detroit, Chicago, under in Minnesota Raiders, and under in Buffalo, Kansas City. And there is no weather adjustment for this. So keep that in mind with all these overs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's going to be a fun week. There's some gross games for sure, but... I mean the the marquee games. I think we're gonna, or I think they're gonna live up to the hype. I think, call it gross, call it whatever. I think Kansas City Buffalo is gonna be a great game. I think Dallas, Philadelphia is gonna be a great game. I think Bears Lions has the potential to be great game. Sometimes the grossest weeks give you like the most incredible games. Yeah, and Just good like luck to everybody. Best. Good luck to everybody in the fantasy football. Uh, trying to trying to make the playoffs uh, last week, going before playoffs. So, good luck to all y'all out there. I, I missed the playoffs with one of the most stacked rosters I've ever seen in my life. So, <laughs> yeah. Are they chanting tank? I think or so. Chant. Chant? Maybe it sounded like. Chant. Chant. I like that. Chanting for a chant. All right. All right. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week. Week 14 coming down to the end of it. Uh, been a great season so far, and we've been saying it all year. Not going to stop now. Don't sleep on them Texans. Don't do it. I don't think anybody is at this point, but don't sleep on no, the Texans. I think we picked too good of a one. <laughs> <laughs> but that'll be it. Y'all have a good one. You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game.
You don't play to just play it. 